Eight. Any last words? Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Welcome, everybody, to Chuck and Lou on this Sunday evening, obviously. I'm Chuck, and we got Lou over here, and tonight we have a guest. We have Coach Kevin Walsh from Viani. Coach, how's it going? Great. Thanks for having me. Man, this is just its awesome to do this because now we're actually moving across the river here to getting some some south side people <laughs> into the mix here. Um, so it's, it's nice to have uh, Coach with us, and like like I just told Coach, he's just going to kind of chime in with us, and then just like normal, we're going to ask you some questions at the end uh, to spread some basketball knowledge around and... Um, obviously, um, a great coach. You know, I've I've kind of witnessed you know what he's done, and he just does it the right way. He's a good dude. So, um, good to have you. Well, I appreciate being here. Uh, made the long trip over the river for a lot of people. That's uh, that's some sort of big divide, but. Actually, well, yeah, especially like for me too. Like every time I go to my wife's down in you know the Grants Farm area, yeah. it's like you know, gosh, you know, twenty five minutes, you know, there and back. So I've done that trip quite a bit. Actually, made it here in fifty seven seconds of an NFL game because. Wow. The uh, the 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 Eagles scored as I was getting on 270, uh-huh. and by the time I was pulling in the neighborhood, uh, the uh, the Bears kicker missed. So you know that's, that's it's true because I actually made a pizza, ate it, uh, <laughs> had some water, and then literally the game was still going. Still going. On. So yeah. that's the NFL football for you. A, a NFL double, playoff. Football. A double doink. Yep. It hit the cross yeah. the the whatever you call it crossbar and the it was crazy. But did you see the one he the hit? Uprise, he, the he hit the first one before they called timeout, just right down, right the, down middle. the middle. As a kicker, I'm thinking if I he ever was, hear the whistle and they're going to call a timeout, I'm not kicking it. You knew he was going to miss after that. You think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, he did. Well, my brother and I were arguing about it. I but, didn't beat him up this time, but yeah. <laughs> but this time, yeah. Brother. Um, this time, I was like, yeah, but we agreed that he was going to miss, and he missed. So I'm, I'm assuming that your guys' weekends were probably – Lou, I know you probably did a lot of just watching football. I watched kinda, a lot of basketball. A lot of basketball? Okay. Yeah. Um, Coach, what did you do this weekend? I watched a lot of basketball. Uh, when you say I, watch basketball, did you watch like your kids or did you well, watch film? Coached, you I coach? coached uh, six little league basketball oh, games. Oh, that's just fantastic. Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> yeah. It's been great. It's been great. Oh, man. Did you get after the refs in those? Is it a CYC game? Or is uh, it? A couple CYC games today. I uh, was pretty uh, pretty calm. A couple uh, CNR games this morning and a couple yesterday, too. So it's how, been a busy, busy day. How is it? You know, me, I, I coach my son as well, but he's in first grade, you know, so it's pretty much, you know, just try to keep their hands out of their nose. Don't pick your nose. Don't, don't lay on the ground sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> do you enjoy coaching your kids? Is it is it different? Is it the mentality? Like, how is it? It's hard. Is it, it? it? It's hard, yeah. Uh, my son loves to play. My oldest loves to play. He's a pretty um, good player. He, he does okay, yeah. Uh, but he, he sees everything, right? Every high school kid flexing after an and one and trying to teach him to rein that stuff in uh-huh. and just be be a player is uh, is a challenge. But he's got a chance to, I think, to be a good high school player. And, and I'm assuming he'll go to DeSmet. Yeah, maybe DeSmet. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what Chaminade comes through with. But uh, hopefully he'll be in that black and gold if uh, if they keep me there long enough. You know, I'm sure they better if they, <laughs> if they were smart. I always wonder how that would, you know, you, you never know how it is to coach your son at the high school right. level until it happens. Right. You know, and, and that's awesome. That, Justin Taylor never got the experience that. No, he didn't. You know, and um, no, maybe, maybe he didn't want to. I don't know. <laughs> some, there's some days that I think that my son doesn't want me to, and there's other right. days that I'm well, like, your dad, what am know? I doing? Why am I doing this? That's so, that's hilarious. but it's so, fun. I wouldn't trade it. Great that's, memories. That's awesome. It is. It is some great memories. So myself, I had. I think it's my last wedding I was in. Um, you know, weddings they take a toll on me. Mm. I tell you what, uh, it's probably like I don't know, maybe my tenth one I've been in. I, I this this young man though that is, is a buddy of mine. He's younger. <laughs> so yesterday was my first experience on a on a wedding trip on that party bus where I looked around and I'm like, I am the oldest guy on here. <laughs> You know, so I tried to party like I like I was twenty five again, and um, it just it didn't work out. You still, you still can. It's the recovery that takes longer. Oh, today now. was yeah. awful. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But um, uh, anyways, I had I had to go up and set up the gym for CNR, and and Lou helped me, and uh, got that done, and then came home and cleaned the house and laid around. So pretty good weekend for me. Oh, I actually I didn't get home until six thirty. And right? you were up there. You said you watched the three sloppiest games in the history of St. Charles West Augs gym today. <laughs> oh my gosh, was it bad? Well, nobody was making any shots. Every foul was called possible, mm. which I mean, I guess that's okay in fifth grade CNR games. But mm. well, the clock always continues to run, so that's a good thing. <laughs> well, it up. the first game I watched, every foul was called in the last two minutes. So, mm. Mm. so it yeah. does stop. So and it does uh, stop. you got a Dr. Vocal watching too, just thinking, when's the game going to start? Uh, the principal's in the house, huh? Yep. Well, good. Well, good. Well, I you know football was the main thing this weekend, but I, I literally watched 
57 seconds. I watched that last minute or so of that game tonight. That's all I got to watch because we're obviously a pretty busy weekend. So we're going to go ahead and get this show started, and we're going to get it started. I did watch the Seahawks-Cowboys game. I just saw Alan Hearns' injury. Oh, (sighs) yeah. What do you do? Broke his hand. broke his leg. Broke his leg. That's Can't always watch those. No, yeah. that's fantastic. That was, that was bad. Ew, gross. Well, anyways, we're gonna start off with West Side Talk first. Uh, obviously, that's sponsored by Tubby's Pub and Grub in Plaza Lanes down the street here. Uh, was there last night actually after the wedding? Uh, oh, I'm hanging out at Tubby's. Can I just say that? The best steaks in town. It is I'm, the best steaks in town. I know town. I'm a South County guy, but I got some family in St. Charles. And, you do. Uh, we've been to Tubby's. And yes. Great steaks. That's all I'm going to say. Like Every time I hear you put the promo out, I'm like, God, I love their steaks. Their steaks are fantastic. And uh, I, was, I got there a little too late to have one last night. I was, <laughs> I was more there for the after shift uh, last evening. So uh, Ben does a great job down there. Ben Tubbin is the uh, owner of Tubby's Pub and Grub and a, a, good, a good buddy of mine. He was actually at the wedding with us last night, too. So, so uh, that's why he was over there. That's yes, why you were over there. That's Right. Hang out for a little bit. That's right. That's right. So, uh, Lou, tell us a little bit about uh, St. Charles West and West Side Talk, uh, the girls and boys hoops. Start off with the girls. They hosted Timberland on Friday. Uh, they had already beaten Timberland in seventh place game in the St. Dominic tournament last week. So, they feasted on them a little bit more, winning 52 to 38 behind a 13 point performance from Mia Nicastro and somebody else at a double double. But there's a lot of people that chipped in five, six points Brooke cool. Wilson, Lily Jackson, Alyssa Coffey. So nice win there for the girls. They're probably hoping they can play Timberland about ten more times. Yeah, they, they're in a bit, they're in a union tournament this week, and their side of the bracket includes Rockbridge and Francis Hall Central. And I heard Rockbridge has like a six three and a six one, I think. Something like that. Coach Poindexter, she was practicing today, and I know I know she had mentioned that it was going to be a, a pretty tough challenge for them. Eleven points from Caitlin Weinrich. That's who it was. Got it. Who much needed big game for her, and sharpshooter. For the Warriors soccer and basketball. That's right. Uh, the boys, we went down to Sullivan Friday uh, night. Yeah. Long drive. And oh. uh, happened to be found out about noon. It was Sullivan's homecoming game or court warming, yeah, something like that. I didn't believe you when you told me that, but they did have some some court warming. A couple cowboy hats down there. Yep. You know? Found Sullivan. And, uh, you ever been to their gym? Coach? I have. It's a great gym. That's, that's yeah, awesome. It's a great place. It's cool. I'd love to play there. Uh, their coach... Dino McKinney, I played for his dad, uh, oh, Lee really? McKinney at Fonfon. So I've known Dino for a long, long time. Dino, what a what a, what a great game down there. Tell us a little bit about it, Lou. Yeah, um, we came out hot in the first quarter. High scoring first quarter, wasn't it? Yeah, 20 and 17. We, we've done it anyways. the last few games. We've come out pretty hot in the first quarter. Minus the St. Dominic game, I think we've... No. Since probably since the Winfield game, we've come out just ready to go in the first quarter. Yeah, don't mention Dominic. I, just, I, don't I hate playing them. <laughs> yeah, well, I do too. Um, and second quarter, we didn't play very well. We we're down by two at halftime. I thought we were going to be just fine. Um, I, it didn't. Coach kept reiterating to us that we were going to be just fine. He didn't. We wouldn't let Sullivan all that get to us. We came out and we played well in the third quarter, up by seven, entering the fourth, and. Yeah, then the coach just did an awful job in the fourth quarter, up eight and they lose. You know, yeah. so I think we, we were up by ten at one point. Oh, thanks. Uh, so <laughs> Sorry. we were up ten um, in a high school game, and, and normally we, you know, just try to do what we always do. And you know, when you're up by eight or ten with five minutes left, you kind of start to take the air out of the ball. And we had a few uh, boring uh, from the the crowd. Had we some had a couple scoreboards from the bench too. Yeah, and the next thing you know. Um, it's six, and then it's four, and then you know how it is, coach. And all of a sudden, you're like, "Well, what? Just, we just got to start playing normal again. We can't, you know, we can't hold the ball." And now you look up there, and there's two and a half minutes left, and then you're you're only up. Then two. there's two minutes left, and then they hit a three, take the lead. Yeah, and we because we don't guard one of the best players on their team. You know, we yeah. had some lapses there um, late, but it's basketball. They're high school kids. Um, down by three, two point nine. Yeah, down left. by three, two point nine left. Um, the crazy thing was, and I haven't talked to you guys about this, but. For some reason, I don't know what it was, but I remember um, when we fouled their guy to send him to the line when he made the two free throws to make it three points, I was looking at the clock, and I was like, 3.1, there's 3.1 seconds left, but I didn't make a big deal about it because it was, what was it, 2.8? Mm. 2.9. 2.9, 3.1, but at the same time, at that moment, I'm like, it's not, who cares? It's I not that big of a deal. I think it was 3.8, and I do remember, I think there was an inbound play we called timeout again. Or something well, like we that. fouled the guy, and he went to the free throw okay, line, and right, I was looking right. up at the score, and I knew... Oh, and I thought, oh, and I looked at Stevie Dunnie, one of the refs. I said, hey, Stevie, I said, I think there's 3.1 left. And you kind of looked at me like two tenths. Who gives a crap, you know? But then in the end, you know, what happens at the end, we could have yeah. used those yeah. extra. Good, uh, get the ball to Big John. Uh, we had to go down the full court. He throws a, I thought was uh, not very good pass, but with Trent's speed, got to it. 
Took a three. I think did he take a dribble? I don't remember. He took a dribble. Took I think he a, might taken might have taken a dribble or two and then fired it up. And it, that, actually, I thought that wasn't a bad idea to take a dribble because it was off. He would, if he would have just taken yeah. an off balance three. And we thought we know we thought we had time. Pass one dribble, um, and we were a couple. They counted it. They counted it, and we were going crazy about ready to start overtime. Thirty seconds later, tweet no shot, no shot. And what's funny is I was telling the story to some of my buddies yesterday, and you know, the two refs who called it good. You know, they're like, just come talk to me. Just come talk to me. Because they, they could they knew I was going to be fired up. But at the same time, the, I knew it, we didn't get it off. So I called over and go, hey, you two. I said, come here. I said, you got to be. I said, that was a great call. You guys you guys made the right call. And then the bald guy, um, nothing against you, coach. The, the bald guy, he actually was the one who came over and said, it wasn't. It wasn't good. And so I, I'm. I'm. Oh, come here. Because I wanted my. I wanted my fans, and my players, to know that I got their backs. But I sure. also knew yeah, like what was that. going on. So I called them over and I said, and I started pointing at him. And as I was pointing at him, I said, "That was a great call." And yeah. then I walked off the floor. Okay, what are you gonna do? You know, yeah. they. It's frustrating. I felt, I felt bad when I looked at the video. The guy, I think it was your former coach, calling the three. Just like, or I just felt bad. Just like the. I mean, he was in the moment, obviously, and he. Well, it's tough, and I guess you could argue that you know, how do you change a call? You know, right. after 15, 20, 25 seconds later, we're in our huddle, we're starting to kind of game plan for overtime, and, and it's like you know the, the, the tap on the shoulder, like when your mom is really mad at you, and she's like, "Get over here," mm-hmm. and I'm like, "This isn't good." I didn't yeah. make eye contact with him because I'm like, uh, and next thing you know, it was you know, coach, he didn't get it off. So uh, a, a tough loss. Uh, Sullivan's a good team. Nine um, and one. They're nine and one. They're not very big. Um, Two really good players. The coach's son's really good. And then they had a number 33, I just call him the redheaded kid. Um, I think he had three threes. And I think they yeah. were, you know, a guy that's normally not going right. to do that. And, when you know, guys, role players did his job. You can tell they're full of seniors. They know how to play. They didn't get frustrated. Um, but what a great atmosphere down there. So I'm glad the coach got frustrated. Dino you know, was a little frustrated at times. Um, but other than that, it was a good trip, good game. I think it'll pay off for us down the road. You know, those those games, um, hopefully you can look back on those games come district time. And um, it would have been a great win for us. But mm-hmm. at the same time. We're going to mention one other thing, Westside Talk. Uh, wrestling teams out at Warrington for the GAC tournament. That's all the schools in the GAC. We had really? the Hatchell Twins took second and third okay. out there. Uh, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, people out there, but I think Tristan took second and Trevor took third. I think I saw that on Twitter today. Coach, yeah. Coach do you wrestle? Uh I'm more of a wrestler than a wrestler. More of a professional wrestler. Uh, uh, you, I admire those wrestling guys, man. That 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 is not for the faint of heart. I mean, it's like every day after school, you know, mm-hmm. hey, let's just 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 go grapple, you right. know. And I, I don't think that would be something I'd want to no, do every single day. I, but, no, thank you. Uh, you know, good good for our wrestling program. I think they're having a pretty good year this year. No, this kind of a bounce solid. back year. Yeah, well, bounce back year from six guys qualifying for state. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean that's the average year at St. Charles was. That's good. We've always had a pretty good wrestling program. So let's uh let's hop in now to some in season talk here, and I think we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Highland Shootout, a little bit maybe a little about Duchenne across the uh, across town here, and um, some more. So go ahead and Lou and get us going. Highland Shootout got the game of the year. Belleville West and Bashan's been talked about since. So you're calling it the game of the year, but we're halfway through the year. Well, it's been the most hyped up game yeah, of the year. The game of this season or the game of the year 2019? Because really we're only game a week season. into game the, the year. Yeah, yeah, it was. The, I, I could have sworn the game of the year was probably was Sullivan against us. I yeah, mean, true. They're, they're live streaming that, weren't they? Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think they actually did have it on their TV station down there. So but, tell us about the, that Bashan game. Yeah, most hyped up game of the year. Um, got I watched it online for free. And uh, that it was a good game in the first half. Sean came out hot without McKinney starting. Um, Rio hoodie Rio yeah hoodie Rio don't I don't know why just there's rumors milling about about why he didn't start but I guess they'll keep that in house. Um, Probably a good deal. Yeah, and it was it was good. It was good in the first half. It was actual basketball being played, and then the second half turned into a dunk fest and a block fest by EJ Liddell. He uh, had a couple nasty blocks. Do a dunk to himself, Ali. Ali, I saw it off the glass. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really nice. And uh, I used to do that back in the day. Yeah, and a couple people getting dunked on from Bashan, and uh, so it was more flashy in the second half. And Belleville West won by seven, took control in the second half. It, it was a it was a back and forth game, and then Belleville West pulled away in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They it's, got by ten at one point. Those are two really good teams. You know, it's, it's kind of funny when you like see those teams, and then you you go to practice with your guys. It's like, oh my god, just looking at those teams, it's like just a world of a difference. You know, it's yeah. almost 
it's, it's scary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it oh my gosh. I always think to myself, like, if I played Vashon, um, I wonder what the score would be. You know, just, just different things. Or what I would do defensively, like... Right, how do you try just, to stop yeah, them? Yeah, what do you... It, it, she can't stop them. So, uh, let's move on. What, didn't Duchenne play O'Fallon Christian and Coach Hollander and the boys? Yeah, well... First off, Duchenne played prior Tuesday night at home. I went out to that. That's where I saw Coach Hollander taking some notes. Yeah. And uh, it was nine to five in the first quarter prior after one. They Getting won. They won seventy to fifty seven. So they started scoring some points. Yeah, Priory's got a couple solid shooters. They're okay. really fast. I think there's a couple young kids they have that play in their soccer team mm-hmm. that are forwards. Then you could tell that they could. They were good basketball players too. Extremely quick, good shooters. Interesting. And then they played O'Fallon Christian Friday out at CHS. On uh, right across from Zumwalt North, and uh, why did Chris, they, play, they play the game at five thirty? That's a little interesting. It's dumb. It might have been a girls' game afterwards. I don't oh know. Boy. Yeah. Okay. Um. And Duchen lost fifty four forty eight, but Will Solentrop senior scoring thirty six points. Yeah, he dropped thirty six. Yeah. Thirty six of their fifty four. Thirty six of their forty eight. Oh, their forty eight. Because they Ooh. lost fifty four forty eight, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um. He's a good player. You know, I, I watched him play a couple times this season, and he's kind of a hard matchup because he's what is he about six six five six five, but he can shoot it. Right. Um, pretty strong from kid. The high post. Yeah, he's one of those kids that he's a late bloomer because they've been so good the last you know eight or nine years. But what I'm saying is he's a senior and he he didn't really crack the lineup, right. but he's he can play. He's he's a good player. We we play them down the road a little bit, and Wade does a great job, and that'll obviously be a, a difficult game for us because he's he does a really good job over there. Um, his teams get better through the season. Um, as most teams do, but his seem to yeah. always get better. You know, mm-hmm. throughout the year, even this year, it's a down year for them. But they're still winning games, and he's doing what he does. So, uh, one other in-season talk mention: going the college basketball ranks, slew open up their conference play against Rhode Island, taking care of business, sixty to fifty-three. How many did Cartier have? Mm. No, no, he was even there. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> okay. Yeah, too soon. Probably. All right. All right. All right. Foreshadowing. By oh. the way, people out there. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk. A little Javon about this Best later. at twenty-four for slew. And I think 16 in the second half, and slew. I, I think it's because it, was, well, it wasn't home, but it was on national TV on ESPNU. Yeah. But that's a good start for the Billikens. That's a good way to start the conference, especially losing Cartier, and that's 10 points a game, and that's obviously, you know, a situation where, um, you know, maybe they're maybe they're better without him. Should you know? let you know unless you're under, a, if you're living under a rock, what, what's going on with Cartier, by the way. Uh well we'll talk a little bit about that later how about that well you just mentioned it well oh, I going? did but we yeah. also have a coach here that uh, coached Cartier remember yep we do oh okay. <laughs> we'll talk about we'll talk about that a little bit later um so now let's go ahead is there anything else you want to talk about in season talk or we're gonna go ahead and, and get to coach here and start asking him some some questions let's fire away coach. let's fire away so um coach this episode is brought to you by Justin Faust Agency and State Farm. He's there to help your family with all of your insurance needs. They're here to make sure your life goes right. Protect your house with Faust and learn more. You can reach Justin at Justin at myagentstl.com. Um, once again, it's Justin at myagentstl.com. And thanks, Justin, for all you do for our staff. Um, just does a great job for us. So, Coach, it's your turn. And we are going to talk to you about a lot of things. But the first thing I want you to do is give us your background from okay. the time you were maybe one years old. You know, what, what's your <laughs> life like? You tell us um, who is Kevin Walsh. Well, first of all, thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. Right. I, uh, if you're ever in South County, around Viani High School on a Tuesday, Thursday morning when it's still dark out, you see a kind of fat, out of shape old guy running the track. I'm listening to you guys as I'm putting in That's my awesome. three or four miles. So I awesome. saw that you, I, uh, some of your hobbies are running. Yeah. Have, you, like have you run in uh, any marathons? or? Uh, I've done two marathons and probably 10 or 12 half marathons. Really? Yeah. I've done two half marathons. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'll ever probably get to run in a full marathon, but... I, I'm a runner too, yeah. and I need to I need to get back into it. But um, I'm the same way. When, when I run, I can you know just just tune everything out. Right. All right. So give right. us some more. Uh, so I'm a South County guy. Okay. I grew up uh, in Afton. Uh, went to Viani. Where'd you go to grade school? I went to Seven Holy Founders oh. uh, Catholic Grade School down okay. there in, in Afton. I'm the youngest of three. I got two older right. sisters. Okay. Um, just like me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I went to Viani. Uh, right. Played football and basketball while I was there. Uh, really loved basketball, and I, I got I played football, but I got basketball. Like I understood what we Absolutely. were trying to do. Football, I was like, okay, on this, I I do that. Um, I wasn't a very good football player, but we weren't a very good football program, different than now. Right. Uh, so I got to play my fair share, and kind of knew in high school I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. So I, I went to Fompon, uh, majored in history and education, and played basketball there for Lee McKinney. I mentioned him mm-hmm. earlier, and. Uh, after I graduated, I got offered two jobs, actually, to be a uh, freshman coach and history teacher at DeSmet mm-hmm. or to be a 
varsity assistant coach and history teacher at Vianney, and Vianney was kind of yeah. my place, so I went there, was the assistant there for five years, uh, and then took over as the head coach and have been doing that for 19 years, which is kind of scary because I'm the old guy now. Well, and it doesn't take long to be the old guy. Like, even no. now, I'm, I mean, I've been there. I'm like, how many years you coach? I'm like, I don't know. You right. know, and you, you kind of get there. But um, so you have been in education for 23, 24 years. 24 years? Yeah. 24 yeah. years. So yeah. where's this going to, I mean, where's this going to take you, I think? I, mean, I don't this... know. I mean, I love what I do. I, I kind of joke that I got my dream job when I was as a teacher when I was 22 and got my dream job as a coach when I was 26. So yeah, that's kind of the that's same where boat. I wanted to be, you know, you know that's with me. It, it was the same way, you know, you're so you, you get what you want and right. it's, it's hard to leave. Right. Um, and you just have always have such good kids and families. I do. We're, I'm very fortunate, you know, great kids that, that do anything that we ask them play so hard and supportive families. And it, it, it just works for us and works for me. And, and I love it there. That's great. What what makes Viani stand out from the rest of the schools? Maybe in your conference or the other private schools? Like, what is your what's your guys's um, you know co- you know coach here for you guys didn't know was was the principal or in, interim year, principal for a year? year? Two years ago was the interim principal. So, what's your yeah. mission at Viani? Because to me, as a, when I look at the private schools around, they all kind of have their own way. Right. But Viani has kind of you you've kind of stuck to your to your way. Th- yeah. Through good and bad, you know, you see some changes in the other private schools, and Vianney's right. always kind of done things um, the same way. So, what is the mission? Yeah. At Vianney? So, so Vianney is a, a Marianist school. The brothers of Mary um, founded the school in 1960, and one of their big things they talk a lot about is family spirit. And I can, I was taught by a lot of Marianist priests and brothers, and the thing that I always struck me about them was their humility. Uh-huh. And I think that is kind of who we are. We're not going to bang our chests and we're not going to gonna be any different than, than who we are. And our administration has been true to that as, as long as I've been there and been very fortunate to, to work for some really great people. That's awesome. You can you can definitely see that from an outside. You know, I, I don't know anything about Vianney being yeah. a St. Charles guy, but right. I, I know basketball part of it. You know, um, but let's let's go ahead and talk just a little bit. I, I know Lou's got some questions here for you, um, and we'll kind of talk about basketball and life in general. But, sure. but Lou, you want to go ahead and yes, I will and start. All right, best players you've coached at Vianney. It's got to be a starting five. Mm, starting the start, five. The starting five. The best players you've coached at Vianney. All right. Well, my point guard will be Paul Paradowski. Uh, he was a he was a thousand point scorer. Went down and played at Semo. He's actually the only Division One player I've ever coached. Uh, he would pass the ball to Tony Cochran. Tony was uh, two guard for us. Um, played at Harding in Arkansas, and then Central Missouri. He, he made two hundred ninety nine career three pointers. Holy cow! Yeah, he's our all time wow. leading scorer. Splash. Yeah, he he could he could stroke it. Um, Brad Woodson, who went and played yeah. at uh, at Central Missouri, was on our Final Four team. Uh, would probably be our three man. Uh, Brandon Beal was yeah. an outstanding player for us. Older brother of Brad Beal. I, when when I knew Brad as a little guy, he was Brandon's little brother. Now Brandon's become <laughs> of Brad's brother. Uh, and then Dave Stewart, who now is the baseball coach at DeSmet, was a great player for us. Actually graduated as our all-time leading scorer. Uh, he graduated in 2007, was on a couple quarterfinal teams. So that, that'd be my starting five. Nice. I, I'd take those guys. I'd take those guys, too. I remember watching Stewart, and um, he was a good pitcher. He was a good I think pitcher, I remember watching hitter. him. Yeah. But, um, he was a he was just a big good looking kid, big kid. Yeah, I mean, you he, know? well, he won a state championship in volleyball, right? As a freshman, yes, and played in like the junior Olympic program, and then played four years as a varsity starter in basketball. Was our all time leading scorer, and went to Nebraska to play baseball. Gotcha. So pretty good athlete. Gotcha. Pretty What's good up? athlete. What's up, Lou? We got some more best players you've coached against. Five best. Oof. So I, I I've listened to your guys' podcast, so I I kind of anticipated <laughs> this coming. So. Uh, here, all five of mine are guys that I coach against in the MCC, and, and all five of them uh, have been in the NBA. So This is an amazing list. You uh, showed me this is great. <laughs> so Brad Beal from Chaminade, he was a, a pretty good player. Jason Tatum. Uh, Who's he? he? He's also a pretty good <laughs> how, player. How would that be going up against Jason Tatum? Uh, it was really hard, and it's funny. You know, our guys going, we got a guy that's at Maryville right now and, and Zach Coletta. Zach was a great player. And, and, like, I remember losing my mind that he couldn't keep Tatum off the boards. Oh, yeah. We got a guy named Danny Baker who's at Illinois Wesleyan, a Division three school, good Division three school. Mm-hmm. And I'd be so mad he couldn't stop him off the dribble. And, and now I'm like, 
No one in the NBA can stop this guy, and I'm mad at these kids that were You're killing mad at the themselves. Sixteen year old kid who right. can't guard Tatum. Right. Each time you play there would be each time you play Tatum, big crowds. Oh yeah, we would pre-sell tickets, and yep. same at Chaminade. So Beal and Tatum. I'm surprised they actually had it at Chaminade. Yeah, our games they did, and and then like CBC they would play out at Lindenwood. So Beal and Tatum from Chaminade. You can add David Lee, also an NBA All Star. Um, Larry Hughes. I was an assistant when Larry played, but mm-hmm. I think that still counts. And then I would add Blake Ahern. He played at the Smet, was a great shooter, and uh, had a couple of cup of coffee with uh, the Spurs and, and the Heat. And now he's coaching in the G League and he's doing, doing great. a great job. Yeah. Doing a great job. I mean, he went from, you know, coaching at the Smet to right. darn near coaching. He's going to be on the he'll Spurs be, he'll, bench. He'll be an NBA coach. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think and so. He, he's like. 20 games under 500 in a two-year high school career. Right. So that'll tell you it ain't the X's and O's, it's the Jimmy's and Joe's. I said said that to somebody who was talking about him, and they're like, well, and I'm like, it doesn't, it's high school basketball. It's going to be about the kids you get. I mean, yeah, that's that's interesting. You know, you look at his record, like he said, next thing you know, he's, um, you know, making 100 grand coaching the Spurs. Right. You know, they're they're obviously, I call them the minor league basketball, you know, baseball stuff. Right. um, So what a list. I think that is the best list from all the coaches we've had. Yeah, that is that is the best list. Well, but it's, it's a great list, but it has impacted my that's what I, uh, that's my career record. <laughs> How is it like playing in your conference? Honestly, I mean, it's it, awesome. Okay, it is awesome. Now it you is play every team once, twice, twice. We go home and home, so wow. eight games a year. Okay, uh, we play our league, and it, it's great because it's big crowds. It's obviously high profile players. Absolutely, and you know, I mean, big time student sections. Yeah, big big student sections, and you know. In 2012, we go undefeated and win it, and that's uh-huh. pretty awesome. But even last year, you know, we knock off Chaminade, who was number one in the area, and you know, it's one of three wins. I think we were three and five in the league. But you knock off those guys, but that counts you, like six. You walk around and yeah. you, you feel your so good. Out. Yeah. So was that probably your best win you had last year? Yeah, that definitely yeah. was our best that, win. That was a really good team. Yeah, they were very good. Endless and, amount of guards. Right. They just and they play so fast, and and we just hung in there and battled and had a lead, and then they. Cut into it, and it was one of those, you're like, oh, I've played this game a hundred times, mm-hmm. and we're going to play them tough, and it's going to get away at the end, and we just made enough plays. And so, it, uh, you know, so w- when you get that, and I know you're a competitor, I mean, you want to play the best. Right. And, you know, it, it's great. I mean, it, it's hard, and it's challenging, but as a coach, and you like to game plan and figure out, okay, how can we slow these guys? And that's kind of what it's all about. Yeah. So. Are you like me to where when we're going to talk about your preparation and your and what you do to prepare your guys? But I think as a coach, when you prepare as much as you do, you're always going to prepare differently. But you're, there are some games you're going to prepare more for sure. probably. Yeah. Um, are you the same as me? Is like when I prepare, I always think we're going to win. Like I think we can win this game. Because like for example, a couple years ago, we're preparing. And we're playing Bashan, I think it was a uh, state quarterfinal. State quarterfinal. Yeah. And and we're watching it, and I'm you know I'm. Four film, you know, four games in, and I'm and I'm like, yeah, we got them. <laughs> four offensive rebounds, the first possession. Right. I just looked at my coaches like, oh, this is gonna be a long night, you know. But um, so let's get back to the preparation. Is that the thing. one where we had a, they had a steal right off the bat and for a dunk. And yeah, that was goes, the one. Oh boy. Yeah, and that's also another sto- a, a story. I got a the, the guy that got married yesterday. He, he came to that game and he's like, he's like Pat. He, he came over to my house after the game. Season was over. He was my neighbor. And he's like, yeah, he goes, I was in the bathroom, and uh, some guy was was taking the leak, right? Uh-huh. And he was on his phone. And he goes, yeah, he goes, you might as well just turn around. This this ain't a game, man. You might just, just turn around and go <laughs> home. <laughs> I was like, first off, your buddy's telling you that, right? right. You get home, That's a good like, friend. Oh. I'm like, That's all right, friend. thanks, man. So, yeah, we got, we got stomped that one. So when you are preparing for any team, whether it's St. Charles West or whether it's Chaminade or whether it's the School of the Blind um, – what is your what's your preparation look like? What do you focus on yeah. as a coach? So uh, it's kind of several phases. First thing I try to, I try to see everybody live. I mm-hmm. mean, as great as Huddle is, and I love it. It's terrible for my marriage and my fatherhood, but <laughs> it is. I love it. Uh, I always try to get out and see somebody live. I just think seeing people in person, they look so different. Sometimes on video, you get a sense or body language or how teams respond to things. And and I, I'm a big call guy. I like hearing calls because uh-huh. I think I can try to help my guys. So I try to see them once live, try to get three games or so on video, and then I try to break down sets and calls, inbounds, and then personnel and try to have a handle on 
you know, if this guy's going right, he's getting to the rim. If he goes left, he's looking to pull up. Uh-huh. Or big guy's only going to turn over his left right. shoulder, that type of thing. Right. I, don't, I don't think I'm any different than, than most guys that I think prepare. You're about, yeah, absolutely. You know. Do you ever worry about overload with your guys? Yes. I do, too. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I... I get in that, you know, phase of, you know, we you spend an hour and a half prepping, you know, a practice where you're going over everything and you get to a point where you're like, you know, that really impacted like seven of my guys because right. they play. And now I have, I don't know, you, you sometimes think, did I just waste an hour and a half? These kids not getting better. Right. Um, but you have to because you want them to be prepared. Uh, but again, then again, they're 16 and 17 and you're just, you know, you don't want to overload them because I always, you know, I do the same thing you do. Um but my thing is, I always go back like the night before or the next morning at school, and I find more things. Yeah. And I, and I don't. I once I once my That's prep is given a high game. I, I know that for sure. I can't because my boys are probably like, dude, you've told us so many things. Yeah. So like, we don't play till we we played in Mer- our coaches versus cancer. We've been off for a week. We play in the Limburg tournament this week. Like, I put Westminster. We play them in the first round. I put them to bed. Like, I will do no more with them. Right. I've got everything that I need because I got to try to avoid. Doing that exact right. thing. And yeah. so then over practice the next couple of days, we'll take some tendencies that they try to do uh-huh. and defend them. And well, they shoot a lot of threes. Yes, uh, I am well aware. <laughs> I am well aware. <laughs> they just missed enough against us, and that's, that's the reason why we won. kind of what we're hoping for. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen them play a couple times, and they don't miss a whole lot. No, they don't. So um, so you are in the Lindbergh tournament, you said, this yeah, week? Okay. Yeah. Um, Lou, you got any more? You got some more over there for you? Yes. What does a Viani practice look like? If we walk into the gym, we're going to see a Viani practice. What does it look like? Uh, so typically we start with a bunch of shooting. Uh, we have we're a, lot not, of, a lot of hoops in that gym. There are a lot of hoops. We got we got uh, 10 hoops in there. So we always try to do a lot of shooting, uh, a lot of technique and form, especially this year. We're not very big, so we got to shoot it really well. So we spend probably 20 to 30 to open practice just doing a lot of shooting, technique shooting. Then typically we'll get into some transition work in our transition game um, for 15, 20 minutes, and then we'll go half court and try to get some runouts to work on transition and then get into a lot of defensive stuff. Uh, Craig Kennedy is my assistant coach, and I, he is basically our defensive coordinator. I he does turn a great all job. He's tremendous. What is, his fo- I mean, what is his focus with defense, though? Because I feel like you guys are never huge. Right. And you're never, but but you're always in the right spots, and you give teams fits, and the other teams don't score as much on you guys as other teams. Does he have a, a certain focus? Or yeah, is it- he, you know, and he's kind of changed me a little bit because I'm always kind of like, hey, if we're not big, if we're not like, let's just get back and guard mm-hmm. 19 feet in. And he's big on let's get up and have a presence on the ball. Let's try to slow them. Let's not let them come down and just do what they want. Right. And then we run some matchup and we run some man and try to try to mix that up. And he's really good. He's he's. Uh, I get a little more amped up, and he's very calm Uh and a good calming influence on on our guys. So he's really good. And I think you do have one of the best staffs around. Thank you. Is your your staff still the same as it was Uh, and has been? Well, for the last two years. So Terry Cochran retired uh, two years ago, and it was Terry, myself, and, and Craig. Prior to that, Rick Kirby was there. Right. He was a heck of a coach. I've been very fortunate that these great coaches at public schools retire, and I guess they've we've built enough of a relationship yeah. that they want to come work with us. So we have a young guy right now named Rich Dorhauer who was our point guard on our on our 2012 team, who was uh-huh. a really great team, who is great because he's you know we had three older guys right, and who, younger, who right. they relate to, and so Rich does great kind of connecting with the kids and keeping them sane when when I'm losing my mind. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, let's talk a little bit about who are some of your mentors, you know, not only in, in life, but with basketball and education. Sure. Um, we, if You'd be lying if you ever asked anybody who's a coach or a teacher, who are your mentors, and they look at you and say, oh, not really anybody. And we, right. That's why we probably, at least for me, it's why we do it is because right. we kind of idolize those people, but we call those people our mentors. So right. um, give us a couple of mentors that you've had in your life. So when I was in high school, my mentor was, uh, was a gentleman named Charlie Walsh. Uh, we weren't related. Uh, I played for him for two years. He was our. I played on our sophomore team for two years, and he uh, he coached me those two years and was uh, my economics teacher. And then when I got to come back and, and work with him, it, it was great. And so as a teacher, he was always my go-to guy. Um, coaching wise, Don Maurer, who was at St. Louis U High, now he's at the Misha offices. I worked camps for him, kind of my senior year in high school and beyond, uh-huh. and he really got me into coaching. And when I became a head coach, he was super to me. And through his relationship with Bob Steiner, right? Bob, for whatever reason, and I, I have no idea why those guys liked me because I was an idiot. 
but they they liked me. They took me under their wing. They helped me so much. Uh, then Terry Cochran, I got to know through those guys as well. And he ended up coming and coaching, and he mentored me sitting two inches from me. Right. You know, like hey, let it go. Hey, let let me handle this. And just those types of things. You know, when when he when he retired just to focus on the AD job, that was a big change for me because he'd been on my bench for like 13 years. Right. So that, it was a major, like I had to kind of... Like when you look behind you, like where's he at? Where's right, he at? Yeah. right. He'd always have the right thing to say. or So that that was a big change. And then, you know, your uncle and, and Coach Coach Hollander has been great to me over the years. And uh, when I first got started, Bob Steiner recommended coming out to talk to him, and we spent four hours uh-huh. just, and he just gave me everything that that St. Charles West does, and we've maintained a great relationship over the That's years. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. He's the best. That's awesome. So, what uh, interesting for you? How are you different as a coach now than let's say you were the second year you started? Mm. So I think the second year I started, sometimes I felt like I was still playing in the games. Like uh-huh. I was so into it and so intense. And, you know, Vianney historically had not been a great program. And so I felt like I was fighting for every ounce, ounce of, of right. respect and uh-huh. credit. And everything was a fight, I felt right. like. And, you know, I was over the top with the kids because if you don't know what to do, you yell and you make them run. And, mm-hmm. like, we do very little, like, actual just running conditioning anymore. Right. You know, it's all on the court with a ball. And right. So I think I've evolved there. I, I think I handle wins better, and I think I handle losses better. And, uh-huh. and, and part of that, I think, is having a family, you know. Yeah, I think I mean, that's, that's a big change. That was, I think the best thing for my coaching career was my, where my kids. Right. You know, no because... Doubt. Let's face it, when you're, when you're a coach, those are your kids, but you have, your focus is so hard. It's your only focus. Right. And I was the same way. You know, my first, I would say probably my first three or four years, especially at the lower levels, because right. I was coaching freshman and JV working right. my way up. I was 23 years old, 24 years old. I was a yeller. I was a screamer. Right. I, you know, everything was about winning and, you know, it was, it was, it got over the top, mm-hmm. you know? And like you said, I think when you have your own family, you know, you can come home and not only do they keep you busy, but at the same time, I think it puts things into perspective a little bit. Well, win or lose, you know, my, my thing has always been when the game's over, after we shake hands, I go over and give my wife a hug and a kiss. And, you yep. know, my son or daughter, they're jumping on me, whether whether we win or lose. Right. And, and that's, that's refreshing. everything, right? Yeah, and then you is. go into the locker room and you talk to the kids. Right. And, you know, I've also learned that, you know, don't say too much after a game. Go home and watch the film because you right. might think we were terrible. And then really you just missed shots. Right. And you weren't terrible. You played really well. So. And yes, and you got to let the games go. Right. You know, that's one thing that I think my wife, she always says, you know, you do a really good job of this. Because I think yeah. we, we know other coaches and it can linger. And, right. Um, but you have to, you know, and no you don't want to think about it any longer than you have to. Right. So um, right. interesting. That's 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 awesome. So, uh, Lou, what else, what else you got over there? We're gonna, so we're going to talk about the best. You playing online like, poker over there on, TV, on your no. computer? Okay. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about best wins and losses. Do you want to start with the good or with the bad? Let's go bad first. All right. What's the? It's worst actually loss funny. Ever? It's the best win and best losses against the same team. <laughs> All right. So who's the worst loss against? Well, let me ask you. What do you mean by like most devastating? I think yeah. we talk most devastating. Okay. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. that was a heartbreaker. So, uh, in two- now, not the game you lost by like fifty. No, <laughs> right, right. Because I've had plenty of those too. <laughs> Did I mentioned the guys we play against. Yeah. Uh, so in 2012, uh, I, I had the opportunity to coach a, a group of kids that were just so awesome. Thirteen kids from twelve different grade schools. Wow. Who came together and had just. We had a great point guard, a great shooter, a great wing, a good post player, a good athlete. We were 27-1 and one and ranked number two in the state and number two in the area behind McClure North. And we ended up drawing them in the state quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. We played at Umsel. The place was full. Uh, and it's just one of those things that, like, I think back and – my pregame, I was real fiery, and I look back now, I'm like, I should have just relaxed. We've never been to a Final Four right. at that point at Viani, uh, and they jump on us like 12-2, and we're playing catch-up the whole game, and we end up losing by six or eight. So we close the year 27-2, and McClure North goes on to win the state championship. So they won that year? They did, okay. and, and we gave them the best game they had you know, throughout the playoffs. I have never, ever been in a locker room so devastated. 
so yeah. devastated. I can, oh. especially, and you, especially because of the kids. Right. Because how good, how good, I mean, we, that's, that bond is just. Oh, and it was, it was such, and they wanted to be the first to right. take us there. And, you know, we were like nationally ranked in uh-huh. USA Today, which was ridiculous, you know, but we started like 17 and 0. Right. I mean, we were rolling and. I'll never forget, we got back, and, you know, back then you still had to, like, fax your stats in to the post. Yep. And so I go up to the office and fax them in. And I I went through the gym to make sure everything was locked down and closed. And Tony Cochran, who was our best player, our all-time leading scorer, his best friend was our 12th man. Uh-huh. And they are just arms around each other in the center circle of our gym crying. Oh, man. And I was just like, you, you guys, you got to get out. I can't right. even, I can't, hand, I cannot do it. It was, that was, that was devastating. And, and honestly, for me, I kind of thought, well, that, you know, that was our chance. Yeah. And Vianney doesn't have teams every year that wins uh-huh. 25 games or 20 games. And I thought, you know, I'll, maybe I'm just destined to be like a Norm Stewart guy that coaches forever <laughs> and never gets to a Final Four, which leads to our best win ever, which is a year later. We have two guys back on the, from that team. We had like nine seniors the year before. Two guys back in 2013. We play really well. Some young guys step up. We win our district. We beat Troy in the quarterfinals or in the, in the sectionals, and then we get McClure North again oh. in the in the quarterfinals at Lindenwood. Same place. So this is back to back years. Back to back years. Oh now gosh. McClure North had also lost a some ton guys. of guys. Right. Um, and then we end up knocking them off and getting a chance to go to our first Final Four in 2013. That was Brad Woodson was a senior, Sean O'Brien yes. was a senior, mm-hmm. Tanner Cochran was a junior guard, and they were kind of our big three. And right. you know, to get there after having such a team and thinking we'll never get a chance to get back or get there for those guys to do it, it was it was awesome. That's awesome. It was awesome. That is awesome. Well, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I, I'm just I'm still picturing those kids at center court. You know, that, oh, that's what it's about. Yeah, you know? I it mean, was. Yeah. At the same time, those kids are going to be friends forever. And that's that's what it is. That's, what, that's why we do what we do. Absolutely. You know, so, Lou, you got any more? What are your thoughts about multi-sport athletes versus basketball guys? Mm, great question. I am pro multi-sport athlete in everything. I. It's funny. I was having a conversation with my wife. My oldest son loves hoops. Uh, he plays on a very good baseball team that travels around and is doing the Cooperstown thing. Who does he play baseball for? They're, they're an independent team called okay. the St. Louis Dynamite. Got it. But they're, one, they're really good. I uh-huh. mean, they, they, they're one of the top teams in their age group. And he also plays club soccer. And, like, already, you know, baseball, that's an, that's base, an intense menu. <laughs> baseball started right. on Friday night. Voluntary soccer practices are starting on Tuesday. It's basketball season, and I just feel like, and none of their coaches, there's no pressure, but it, you just f- start to feel it. Like, how mm-hmm. can we do all this? And I think that starts at such a young age. When And I look like, like a guy like Trent Champagne, and I just right. think that's what high school should be. You're going to totally have agree. a chance to focus on a sport when you go to college. Right. As many times as you can wear St. Charles West across your chest or Vianney across your chest, do it. And, and I hope that that my son wants to play soccer and I hope he wants to play basketball and I hope he tries to play baseball. I mean, I, right. I, I want him to do all those things and, and all kids should. And I, why not? You know, and I, I constantly, and, and I've done it more this year than I've ever had before trying to tell my guys, you play for the name on the Jersey and it's not right. your name. It's St. Charles West. Um, it does mean a lot because so I went the guys there. Are on orchard farm football. Right yeah. Now. I do have an orchard farm football hey, camp shirt on right now. You can serve two masters. But I, but I can't, I also have uh, Santa pants on. Right looks now. like Fort Dumont South pants. They do. They look, mm. I look like, like they're warm-ups. Yeah, they're warm-up pants. I, got, I stole their warm-up pants from from Friedel over there. So, But I, I try to tell my guys that you know everything you can do for St. Charles West, that's what it's about. You right. know, um, I, I just get frustrated with the kids who only play one sport who could make the other kids better on the other teams. Because, right. for instance, you know, like Trent, um, if he doesn't play soccer, that team doesn't have that run and finish second in the state this year. Right. You know, um, It's just frustrating, I think, for the school when I always – say this i would i never want to look at our student section and see kids that i know could be doing something on the floor to help our school right um we are fortunate we don't we don't have a whole lot of kids that just you know we've had a couple here recently kids in our student section that's the thing well and student and our enrollment's gone down so a lot of the kids actually you know no one's not too many kids are getting cut because um and also when your enrollment goes down the one bad thing about that is the entitlement starts to kick in right because now we have a situation where we have a lot of kids that 
there's no one to take their spot. You right. know, so it's kind of a catch twenty two there with, um, you know, hey, no one's going to take my spot, so do I really have to work that hard in the off season? Um, but I think the biggest reason why I love kids to play all the sports is the competitive, the competitive learn how to win. Right. Some kids, if they just play one sport, they never really learn how to win, or they don't learn how to lose. Right. You know, so it's right. like, you know, I want kids who have lost games before. Sure. I want kids who have won games because the losing, you know, most of the kids that I've coached that take these. You know they don't handle losing very well is because they haven't lost in right. other sports and it's just like they don't know how to act. So right. um, I, I push all of our kids to play as, as much as they can. Um, Honestly, I, I think the biggest thing on that is in these clubs, there aren't educators that are in there. Right. And and as educators, we get that there's this whole aspect to being a high school athlete. Absolutely. And then, and it doesn't matter. It can be basketball and it can be volleyball and it can be soccer and it can be any sport, baseball. And the club coaches say like, Hey, you need to, you need to be at lessons on Tuesdays and Thursdays every, every winter, all every week of the winter. Right. You know, you got to be at this showcase tournament and well, that's basketball season. Well, if you want to be a college athlete, let me tell you, if you're good enough, you're going to go. They're going to find you. Yeah. They're going to find you. And that's and what I, I tell people, parents that all the time. One of the best things I did was I, I coached seven years for the for the prospects and I traveled. Mm-hmm. And I, I had the best 16-year-olds in the Midwest. Yeah. And all those kids, it, it, I would tell their parents, a lot of them were multi-sport guys, but they're like, well, should, should we not play basketball or do this because we want to get more training? And I'm thinking, you're going to go wherever you... Wherever it takes you, someone's gonna they're gonna find you. Right. If you're good enough, you're gonna go. So I, I think that is a huge deal. Um, so it's interesting to see kids. You know, um, they might be the best athlete in three sports in sixth grade, and all of a sudden they're sophomores and they're just playing football, right. they're just playing basketball. Right. So um, interesting. You know, I always like to bring that up to coaches because, especially coaches with kids. Yeah. You know, because um, and my kids the same way. You know, already already playing three sports and loves it. Right. You know, and I don't right. want to tell them. Either. And my mine's already asked me like, Dad, when I'm in high school, like, what do you think, like? Do you think I'll be able to do more than one? Right. I'm like, yes, yes, you certainly can. You you make that happen. Right. You got any more questions over there, Lou? Yes, I do. You have you had any interest in college basketball, coaching college basketball? Mm. Y- yes, um, I I have, and I've had a couple opportunities that I ended up passing on primarily now because I'm at a point with my family that. College basketball is so the instability of it. You yeah. know, maybe you're with a great coach and he gets a new job and you got to move halfway across the country, or you have a terrible year and he gets fired and now mm-hmm. you're out of luck. I I've got a great job. My family we live two miles from Viani. My kids live a mile from their school. Like for me now, it's it's the stability of it. Well, and I think you as as high school coaches, you know, there's a lot of high school basketball coaches and coaches in general that would do just fine in the college ranks. Sure. But you get into it, and even in, I mean, as a as a teacher, and especially in the public school system, for me, it's once you're there ten or twelve years. I mean, it's hard to just be like, oh, uh-huh. I mean, that you have a family you got to uh-huh. provide for, and the the instability. Well, is even just, the travel. I mean, if you look at Lindenwood, right? Oh. They they go and play on a Thursday and and Saturday, so they leave on Wednesday. You're going Wednesday through Sunday, you know, and plus uh, having to recruit 17, 18 year olds. And there's so much more to it. And like Coach Hollander, when he was at, you know, he did that. Right. You know, and he would work like 80 hour weeks. Right. You know, and the travel was just ridiculous. And then, you know, you you, you eye in on a recruit and you got to be at every single game. And um, the the time is just huge. Well, at the Division II, and then all of a sudden, uh, low level Division I comes in and, oh, I want to go play Division I, even though. That Division Two team would beat that Division One team. Yeah, it's like every time. There was a guy named Dion Lavender, you know, a couple yeah. years ago from I think I think he went to Alton Marquette, maybe. Yeah, that's but anyways, uh, that's back when Kramer um, Soderberg was on the staff at Lindenwood and, and yeah. Terry both. Yeah, and they followed him around to every single game. And the story is there that he obviously assigned. I think he went to UAB. I think he's somewhere else now. But um, they would go to his games, and they got to a point where they would hope that he would have bad games. Sure. Yeah. Because they're like, obviously we're there because we want him to see that we're here. But if he if if we keep going and he keeps dropping thirty five, our chances are slim. So right. he's like, as it's weird. He's like, we go to games hoping he scores ten points. Yeah. You know, Gosh. and um, just just a crazy ordeal. You know, yeah. and you put all that time in, and all of a sudden he doesn't he's end gone. up there. Right. So, um, I I just figured, you know, with your personality and the success you've had, I think you would be a great college coach. But I think that instability and just the, you know, your career is what it is. You got your family. Um, well, it's, and, it's tough to do, and it's the relation. You know, more and more it's yes. relations. And I love being in the classroom. I love to teach. So that that's a, a big part of who I am too. So. Well, and I think a lot of people don't um, get that <clears throat> point with coaches. Like for me, 
sometimes my best days are not the two hours of practice. It's the seven hours I spend with my kids. And I teach fifth grade, but I mean, me teaching 20 fifth graders um, is a heck of a lot. Crazy fifth graders. Well, they're not crazy, but it's, it's, it's a heck of a lot of important, more important, I think, you know, and it's, it's, you know, we, we wouldn't, no one, uh, we all teach to coach, but at the same time, teaching is us, you know, we're educators, you know? So if someone came in right now and said, Hey, you can't, you can't coach anymore. I, I'd be like, uh, this stinks, but I'd be okay. I mean, right. I get I get to teach twenty kids a day. Right. You know that's what it's all about. So, um, any more over there? Nope. You have any more? What are you doing over there? Nothing. You doing your homework? Oh wait, you guys are still not in school yet. Hmm. You Facts. guys go back Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Good golly. We got a game Tuesday as well. We do. For all you West people, we play Pacific at seven o'clock, not seven thirty at St. Charles West. Seven o'clock, little early tip, so Pacific can get back there. Um, so, Coach, look, last couple questions here. Um, first, well, we won't end on this one, so <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you this one first, and then we'll move on to, to one of my last few questions. But um, recently, Cartier Gordon at, at SLU obviously I got left. one more for you. Cartier. Cartier. He told me to do this, by the way. So you coached him for a year, and I know as a coach, you're still coaching. You're, you're obviously um, you know, not going to give us the whole picture, and you, you only knew the kid for, what, a year and a half? Year and a half. Um, yeah, year and so. A half. Just tell me your experience with him um, as a as a player and as a person, and just uh, how he was. And because we heard yeah. a lot of things, sure. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, Cartier obviously came in to Viani, and people don't believe this, but I I had no idea he was coming. Like he came and visited the school, and I remember telling our admissions guy, like, "Man, that's a big kid. Right? He didn't he didn't come in here. Like those kind of kids aren't coming to Viani." So this wasn't something where you were following him around for right. two years. No. And- no. Yeah. And you know, I didn't know I didn't know anything about him. And then all right. of a sudden, our admissions guy came in. He's like, "Hey, that kid applied." I'm like, "Whoa!" Yeah, we'll take him. I'm like, "Okay, let's see how it goes." Right. And then I got to know his, you know, his AAU coach, his, his was his mentor, and kind of was helping him along. And you know, I, and I, I knew that there were going to be some challenges. Just right. for for really any kid coming from a public school going to a private school, there's adjustments from right. from dress code to as silly as this sounds. To get an A at Viana, you got to have a ninety-three percent. Okay. And to get a B, you got to have an eighty-five percent. So I'm going to him saying, "Hey, you got an, a C in this class. You got to get it up." Right. No, I don't. It's an eighty-one. I'm like, that's well, a C here. here. Right. You know, and, and so there were some adjustments like that. And obviously, when when he came to our place, he was still pretty raw and and not in great shape. But you saw flashes and moments where you knew he was a big time talent. And you know, ultimately. At our place, we just had a certain um, certain set of standards that we Absolutely. weren't we weren't going to budge on, right. and it got to a point where he he just it wasn't for him. He didn't want to meet those standards, and uh, it really wasn't all that different than what Travis Ford said. It wasn't like when he decided to leave, and we were sitting in my classroom, and he said, "Well, then I'm I'm done if that's what it is." And it wasn't angry. It wasn't right. It wasn't explosive. Uh, it was just. If that's your decision, coach, then this is mine. Right. And I wish you the best. And and that was it. So Yeah, and that's kind of how it sounds like it was at SLU. Right. You know, it was, um, hey, this is how we do things around here. Um, and, and his talent level of anyone who listens to this show, yes, when kids are that talented as a coach, you're going to have to give them some leeway because right. they're kids. Right. But at the same way, if you start to totally discipline them differently and you just act like, you know, it, it's it's not it's not going to be a good deal for, for your program. Yeah, I mean, I, I think kind of where I got to was, you know, I was trying to meet him. Like, I'm, I'm coming to you. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm coming towards you. I'm trying to understand and meet you. But then <clears throat> there was a certain point where it was, okay, well, you got to come you gotta, to yes. us some too. Right. And, and that wasn't happening. And, you know, for, for Cartier's sake, I mean, God has certainly blessed him, <clears throat> excuse me, with, with great talent. Right. And my hope is that he gets the right people around him that will help him utilize that because he could absolutely change his entire family's Life. future. Absolutely. Yeah, for and, generations. And, and you hope that you just continue to hope that, you know, he's still, he's young. Um, but like you said, this is a, a generation life changer for him because yeah. he can make money playing basketball. Sure. Um, so interesting. I'm sure you know he's not one just of the, money, good money, good money. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure he was an, an interesting guy to coach. Basketball at that age. pays. Um, basketball does pay. That's right. So uh, moving on here, I think I got one more for you, and that's just what are your thoughts on parents mm. and youth sports? 
And the reason I ask you that is because now you have kids that mm-hmm. play it. You obviously have parents of the kids that you coach. Um, what is your just thoughts just on if parents and youth sports in general? So I, I will say that um, I feel very fortunate that my children all play on teams that have pretty good parents, um, supportive, root for and that's huge. All the kids. It's so great. It's yeah. so important, and I'm very aware that that doesn't happen everywhere. No, it doesn't. Um, and but that being said, I have seen some crazy stuff at youth sporting events that. Does anything stick out? Like, do you have a story, or is it, is there one that's is it just dumb stuff? No, just dumb stuff. Just <coughs> excuse me. Just you know, and I guess everybody gets into it, and you root for your kid, and you want to do well. But you know, I, I think that there are times that you play a certain team. You know, like in baseball, it seems right. like we get to the championship game, and we're always playing the New Melly Tigers, <laughs> uh, who are out from this area, and they're right. very good, or uh, a Naturals team, or a Rawlings Tigers team, or whatever, uh-huh. and. You know, just like, well, oh, I can't stand that guy. Right. Like, and you don't even know I don't him. even know yeah. him. I don't even know him. And in basketball, that happens. And, you know, and sometimes, like, it's just, you just, people get caught up in it. And, you know, if we would just let the kids play right. and make it fun. The thing that I notice, and you see, and I'm sure you see it sometimes when you're scouting, like, you can watch a high school kid, he'll do something on the floor, and he'll immediately look, mm-hmm. look to his parents. And I just think, Man, that is not no. a guy that I want in our program. That no. is not good. And I try to tell my We've son. We've had a few of those. We do. Yeah, that's like we, it's we not can't good. stand it. Right. And we actually tell the kids, if you I, do I it do again, too. you're not playing. I do, too. I mean, I'll, I'll, a kid will be walking off into a timeout and looking up and talking no. to his dad. And I'm like, yeah. what What are we doing? Like, right. this is about us here. Right. Nobody up there can help you right no. now. This is us. No. And, and so you, you see that. And I try to tell my own son, like, I know I'm your coach, but quit looking at me. Right. Just play the game. Play the game. Play the game. And so, you know, I here, here's what I think, and this is where it gets dangerous. Youth sports have become such a moneymaker yes. that parents invest, and, I mean, I feed the monster. I'm in it. Mm-hmm. They invest so much money in it, and ultimately, 95% of these kids aren't even going to play beyond high school. Yep. But if you take it for what it is, which is my kid, like, if he comes out to camp that Alex runs at St. Charles West, he knows like eight kids, right? A kid from South County, you know, or they're at my camp and he knows all these. Oh yeah, Dad, I play soccer against that guy. I play baseball against that guy. That's where you form these really cool friendships. Absolutely. But if you think, oh man, we're paying twenty five hundred dollars a month, my kid's got to get a college soccer scholarship. Well, you're off the deep end. I think the money thing has really angered the parents. Because think about it. Okay, I pay 2500 bucks. My kid's not playing a whole lot. Or right. when he does play, he's not doing great. Right. So now I'm thinking about my pocket and where right. this money came from. Right. And now I'm frustrated. Right. You know, and I think the money thing has um, a lot to do with it. Because you don't see a lot of the, you see a lot of this that we're talking about at those events sure. where the kids pay. Right. Um, and and a, as, a, as a person who Oh, has I got a family, that on video. Yeah. That's the best one I've heard all year. Um, so I think that's the case. You know, that's not, that's not going to help the situation when, you know, your kid may not be having success or the coach is doing something you don't agree with and you right. keep thinking to yourself, I just paid this organization this much money and now I got this guy telling my kid to do something wrong. Right. In your opinion, you know, so I, I, I can see where you're saying with that. That would be a, a situation where as my kid gets older, I could see myself thinking about the cha-ching and my, you know, I just paid and now, right. and now this is happening. So I didn't really look at it from that point of view, but right. you're right. Or, you know, I'm paying this much and my kid's the ninth man on the basketball team or he's the 12th man on the baseball team and and that's hard and then especially because then that parent's not going to want to really have a great relationship with the other parents because they're upset their kids not playing a whole lot that's where you have the divide that's why when you said your son plays on like a a, the baseball team is not is an independent team i bet this is a total guess I'm going to assume that the baseball team you play on with your son, the parents are awesome. They are. They're great. Because I mean, it's, it's independent and right. you guys kind of picked the families. Because you know what I want to do when I go to – when my kid's older, what my scenario is, I want to go watch them play baseball. I want to sit in with the parents. I want to BS with the parents. And then I want to go have pizza. Right. And I want to have right. those people be my friends. Because right. how much time are we going to be with them? A right. lot. Right. So do you really think I want to spend, let's say it is baseball. So, okay, you got to practice on at least one night or two nights a week and you got your your whole weekend with right. these people. Oh, you're spending all day. You're spending 20 hours, 15 to 20 hours a week with these people. 
And there's no doubt. That's I look forward to that because I hope we do it the right way. Right. And, and our, I got a little basketball group and. Uh, isn't Robertson's kid on yeah, the team? Yeah, yeah, Ryan Robertson. Are you guys called the Sonics still? We're the Sonics, yeah. yeah. It's a great we – got, we got the old school uniforms yeah, going. We got it going. And that's the same way. It's it's weird. It's like a couple of younger brothers of kids I coached and then my nephew and then a buddy of mine who I, who I used to coach with and now he's become an administrator mm-hmm. over at Clayton and then a couple guys from baseball and then somebody knew Ryan. And, and it's just – it's a neat group yeah. of kids and the parents are great and like – that's all I want. Yeah. That's all I want for my, my son and my daughter and my youngest son who's in kindergarten. And we just started him playing uh-huh. in kindergarten basketball. And like, that's the experiences. It's, it's having pizza. It's yes. messing around in between games. Right. That that's where they that's make huge. the memories. They don't remember Absolutely. if they went three for four in no. the championship game or how many trophies they have. That's no. meaningless. And that's why we try to start our our West teams, our feeder teams. We if someone said, "Why do you start them so early?" Like third, you know, third grade. Yeah. I said because we have to start building the family relationships. Right. If we just start playing these games and these teams and, and making them up in sixth, seventh grade, it's too late. Yeah. Um, so I think that whole that whole connection there with your with your teammates and the parents and the parents out there who are listening, you understand because I'm sure there's one parent out there going, "Yeah, I'm on one of these." teams where the parents don't talk to each other and actually they talk bad about each other and then there's the right. parent going whoo thank gosh you know we got a group of 10 really good families right. and that makes you know. you're right that makes it makes a summer fun it makes yes. a winter time fun absolutely and everybody's rooting for each other well coach that was awesome I you appreciate know, you guys are. having me. I mean, it's it's just something that, you know, obviously uh, we want to continue to do with it being basketball season with obviously coaches and, and people, but um, we pick guys that we respect to, you know, mm-hmm. we're not going to just, we're not doing this to make any money. Um, but at the same time, we want to have guests that we respect and, and you're someone that I've always looked up to. So well, I, I appreciate that. And that, that feeling's mutual for sure. Awesome. You do a great job. So we will see you in about a month down the yeah. road here. Um, on a Thursday night. On a Thursday night in February, I believe, right? Okay, so um, all those people out there that listen to the show, um, thank you, and continue to tell others about it as well. And um, Coach, uh, he'll he'll probably put it out there for you, retweet it out there. Yeah. That we we want to get this out to um, to the St. Louis, and then start you know directing it towards the Winsville and St. Louis, and get it all over the place. So awesome. um, we do this because we love it. And thanks again. And I am Chuck, and you are this is Lou. Woo.